A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to After Work Drinks, the weekly catch-up between best friends and magazine editors Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill that you get to join in on. Lucky you. Welcome back. I'm so happy to be (laughs) back. I've missed you guys. I really have. Yeah, I've missed you, although I've still talked to you pretty much every single day of this little break. I'm sick of being separated. I think enough is enough. Yeah, I'm really sick of it. But uh, we had a good little two weeks off, except for everyone who thought it was for us frolicking around. It was actually more so that Grace could spend some time looking after her mummy. I know. I hate it's... myself for saying the word mummy. I can't <laughs> even deal that that came out. I'm of my beeping email. that out. That's foul. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, actually, let's before we get into depresso stuff, let's talk about you. Yes. So I left New Zealand just in the nick of time because it has gone. Back to level three because there's been another wee outbreak of coronavirus um, and en route back to London. But because I don't have a house in London yet, I moved out of my last place to come home for the pandemic. I stopped off in LA where I'm house sitting a good friend's house for a month, which seemed really wild to go to Los Angeles in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but I, it's been far more chill than expected because you literally just don't really go out at all or do anything which suits me just fine so it's kind of like it's funny because it feel I think when you're not here it feels so um like the thought of LA or America right now feels so scary but then as soon as you get here it's just literally like everywhere else except when you're walking around you put a mask on it's also LA is very different to New York it's the kind of city that's very similar to an Australia or New Zealand where it's very spacious you're not out on crowded streets going into crowded bars or restaurants with lots of people it's very spaced out everyone kind of stays in their houses you know what I mean it's 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 not that kind of yeah overcrowded vibe yeah and so literally I arrived walked through the airport got picked up by a friend came back to my friend's house and then I've just been like going from friend's house to friend's house in their cars the whole time and then the only time that I've kind of 
been in public because you can get like all of your groceries delivered and everything and then you just go to the beach and then the only time i've really been in public is um when we got takeaway margaritas the other day oh shut up i'm so jealous <laughs> takeaway margaritas so it's been nice because it's been nice because I actually wasn't going to do this. I was just going to go straight to London. But it's been really nice to kind of chill here, house at my friend's house, have some sun after double winter. And yeah, so went swimming in Malibu. Went swimming at Malibu yesterday and with dolphins. Oh my God. Oh my God. Izzy, a woman in Australia got crushed by a whale and is in the hospital now. What the fuck? We were talking about it at the hairdresser. So she... Went swimming with humpback whales, which I don't know if you've seen a, a real humpback whale in real life, but that's insane. They're so huge. And swimming with them, like in an what? In, in a, the ocean? a guided tour capacity in the ocean. Right. Um, and the whales had little baby calves, and they just got really overexcited, and they squashed her between two of the whales by accident. She's okay. She survived. Oh my but God, isn't that crazy? It's that's so scary. Crazy. Yeah, it was funny yesterday because we were swimming in the ocean and then we just looked literally just ahead of us and there was a whole pod of dolphins where all the surfers were, like right in front of us. Also, Jonah Hill was surfing. It was out surfing. <laughs> it was so random. <laughs> and he that was, was his frothing. Form. He was like, he was so, he was not very good. He's just learning, but he was mm-hmm. so excited about it. He was so excited about it. That's nice. I'm about happy surfing. for him. Yeah. I'm happy he got to see the yeah. dolphins too. Yeah. So and then, uh, and then I guess like the only other thing that is, it's kind of weird being in LA after all the Black Lives Matter protests because there's still there's graffiti everywhere and there's still signs up everywhere and there's um like still shops that are boarded up and everything. Mm. So and it's super been super interesting talking to Americans about it. It's just so cool to be actually in America talking to proper Amer- like Americans about what's been happening and people who were there for the whole thing being a real journalist except i'm not writing about it anywhere yeah because does it feel like it has created a movement that people are still engaged in because that's been something i found really disappointing and strange in australia not with people i'm talking to but the bachelor for example is Mm. obscene they've got two white blonde chicks as the new bachelorettes dual bachelorettes there's i think two or three women of color in the whole bachelor season in the Bachelor in Paradise franchise, there was one non-white guy and he was basically deemed undateable and all the girls kept rejecting him and not wanting to go on a date with him and he ended up crying. And I just was like, yeah. has no one been plugged into what's happening in the world at the moment? This is foul. <laughs> um, over here, well, I mean, speaking in Bachelor terms, the first ever, this is so insane, the first ever Black Bachelor was announced Ever. And this show has been running for like 20 years. Yes. It's beyond a joke. So obviously it's an issue that it's never happened before. And it obviously looks very much like tokenism. Mm. I guess, the yeah, I guess like I just said before, I've only been kind of surrounded by my friends and American friends who are their friends. So they were already pretty, you know, they're already like-minded pretty Like-minded bubble, yeah. Yeah, like-minded bubble. But yeah, I feel like it's definitely at the point. I think I think the funny thing being from Australia and New Zealand 
is that racism in America is now at the forefront of everyone's minds, including everyone in America and everyone in Australia and everyone in New Zealand. But I'm like, Mm -hmm. is it really at the forefront of our minds in our own countries? It just Mm -hmm. doesn't really seem as much so. But The Bachelor America will always be great. And also, as an aside, the first Black Bachelor randomly isn't anyone from last season, which is like the first time they've ever done that. And it's weird because there's... um, there was like a black guy who came like fourth last season and he was the one that started dating Demi Lovato weirdly. And then, but the guy that they picked is Tyler Cameron's best friend. So I know all about him because Tyler Cameron is the guy that dated Gigi Hadid after he was dumped by Hannah, that really funny bachelorette who had sex in the windmill. Great. Okay. Thank you for filling me in. And is she still <laughs> with the guy that she picked? No, remember she picked um, this horrible muso guy who wrote her a song yep. on the Izzy's finale. Izzy's doing a, a strumming technique with her hand to showcase what a song <laughs> is to me. Oh, my third glass of rosé. <laughs> she picked him and then it turned out he had a girlfriend the whole time. That is such a common thing across The Bachelor. Douchebags. It attracts douchebags. Well, yeah, this is just the thing. Anyone who goes on The Bachelor is not the kind of man you want to marry. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? No. Like, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't attract wholesome, down-to-earth individuals. But then sometimes you think it is for about a second. Like, remember when the Honey Badger was The Bachelor? And for Don't. about four episodes, Don't. everyone was like, Me and oh you my both God, had dreams about him. him. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> don't remember what my dream was mine was just i don't remember what it was either but i it was a it wasn't a sex dream but it was a love dream which is even worse and then we were getting drunk eating pizza and i said something like i had a dream about the honey badger and you're like i had one too and then we were both so upset yeah that's the thing and then for about four seconds you're like god this guy's such a catch why is he single he's amazing he's funny and then by about episode sever and you're like oh god mm-hmm. i need to have a hot shower and scrub all those thoughts away all those dreams <laughs> off my body and then um the same thing happened with bachelor in paradise where there was two guys kieran which i could tell straight away because i have a very perceptive oh, and boy radar. i mean and tim everyone loved them from angie mm-hmm season um which i hadn't seen but my mom had been filling me in on and she said oh i'm so excited to see them and i was like don't get your hopes up everyone ruins themselves in bachelor in paradise because they all reveal themselves to be gross and that's exactly what happened did you know that one time i wrote a story for cosmo and this sounds extremely dated now but at the time it was very funny um which was the bachelor and bachelorette contestants that have big dick energy and I, I put in this... I think I do remember that. I think I do remember that. Vaguely. Yeah. It feels At like the time, it felt very ago. timely and funny. I mm. understand that now it sounds stale. And I put in a guy from Georgia Love's season who looks a bit like a magician. <laughs> Does he? And he got to the top three and he was a real dick. <laughs> he didn't even really like her. And she was I know the him. one. Maybe we'll beep out his name, even though it's obvious who he is. And then I said something like, unfortunately, he does have big dick energy because he does, but I didn't want to, I hated that he did. And then he slid <laughs> into my DMs a few days later. Oh my like, God, that's hey, right. Hey, big dick energy. Ha ha oh ha. Oh my You're God, cute that's or right. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it 
honestly feels like that was 10 years ago. I know. It feels like it was in another life because it kind of was. <laughs> That's right. Did you ever reply to her? No. <laughs> so funny. But this is the thing. There's a whole ecosystem of Bachelor people that exist. It's so weird. The only cute person who's ever existed on The Bachelor is this guy, Glenn, that was on Bachelor in Paradise that no one knows about. He's an actual no, fucking um, angel. No, I'm sorry. Remember when you fucking loved James Don't. from Sophie Monk's season? I know. And then and we, we met him, him at an OPSM party. party. Yeah. And <laughs> no, it wasn't OPSM. What was it? it? <laughs> a sunglass hut party. An OPSM party with our grandmas. <laughs> yeah, but uh, acting all casual about it. You were like, God, this James, let's go and say hello. I was freaking out. I was so <laughs> I was so overwhelmed and I thought I sounded cool, but I just ended up blubbering on about something and saying that I loved him and that he would find love and that everything would be okay and he just wanted to get the hell away from me. I wish James was sliding into my DMs and not the other one. <laughs> It's like when I met Snoop Dogg and I just screamed that I loved him over and over again. And then I realized when, um, after we got the photo together and he walked away, that he didn't literally say one word in my presence. (laughs) (laughs) He literally didn't say a word. It was crazy. (laughs) I was like, how did you do that? The entire time. (laughs) Did I, have I talked about this on the podcast before, how his bodyguard like knocked me to the ground? Really? Because he thought you were a threat. (laughs) Yeah, because I, because I whipped my whipped around because my friend Paige was like oh god as he looked behind you I whipped around Snoop Dogg was walking out like looking for his ride and I didn't didn't see his huge bodyguard um somehow and I made a beeline for Snoop and then his bodyguard just lifted up his arm and I just like rebounded off him and basically fell backwards and then Snoop um touched his bodyguard on the arm to to stand down and let me in and I was just um rambling for about a good 30 seconds to 45 seconds and he said he nothing left. the whole time that's so um zen mm. this reminds me of the time that you you naughty little girl got really drunk before we met up at mardi gras oh and told me the wrong side of oxford street to meet up on yeah but in my defense i'd never been to mardi gras before and i didn't understand what that meant. I was like, I was like, I need one single piece of information crowdsourced with as many independently corroborated humans as possible. Which side of Oxford Street? And you were like, definitely blah blah side. And then I got there and I just got some slurred message from you being like, I'm sorry, I'm on the other side. And for anyone who doesn't know, that's it. You're done. You're done. You're just you can't get across. Forever. You literally can't. And I was so upset. I had on sequin pants. I was in a great mood, and I was like, I'm not going to be able to find anyone. And then I turned around. And Cher was in front of my face. Yeah. And she, so it all was forgiven. And she, I saw her and she saw me and we looked at each other for, in my head, a minute, but in reality, (laughs) 0.3 of a second. Yeah. And then my eyes widened and I completely started to panic. And then everyone noticed it was her and everyone was like, it's fucking Cher. And then she just got stuck in a car and drove off. Didn't even get a photo. So good though. Right, right. Yeah, that was that was a mere. Anyway, should we start the podcast? Yes. Everyone's like, God, why were we? Why do we listen to this again? <laughs> <laughs> so excited for us to come back so we like could learn zero. approximately nothing. So, let's talk about wet ass pussy. Cardi B and Megan The Stallion's new song, which came out. What? When did it come out? A week ago. Mm-hmm. 
And everyone, mostly white middle-aged men, lost it. Lost the plot. I actually, when all this was going on, was so out of the loop. And I could not for the life of me figure out what the big deal was about it. I was like, what's happened in this in this song or music video that has people going so crazy? Because the very fact that it's called Wet Ass Pussy and that they rap about the fact did not seem that groundbreaking to me. That's how I felt because it, ca- it came out and then I watched it because the stools looked really cool and I was just like, yep, just a song. Yep. <laughs> the same. Like it just didn't, it didn't, it, it didn't infiltrate my radar as being something that would be this huge pop culture moment. No. Because it's not like the most salacious or sex-filled female rapper music video I've ever seen. It's not the most salacious or sexual rappers female rappers lyrics i've ever heard it's not <laughs> i was like have you guys you know ever I mean? listened to cardi b before but also i get i i love that it's being so obviously i love that it's being celebrated and i love all the celebration around two women reclaiming their sexuality especially in rap where male rappers have used it forever to sell records have used women's sexuality forever and women's bodies to sell records i love that the stuff i used to listen to when i was a teen a young teenager from male rappers was the most sexually explicit, often heinous depictions of women and female sex. And just not like nada. Now we're hearing women do the exact same thing, but in a positive way. And it's caused some sort of global moral panic. One of the funniest parts about it is that the radio edit is wet and gushy. But I think wet and gushy is more rude than wet ass pussy officially. Because I, I, I think I saw a Vulture headline that said that the clean version has ended up being much dirtier by accident. Oh, I just thought gushy was a made up word. <laughs> And I was like, fuck, that's funny. (laughs) Wait, let me find it. (laughs) Okay, listen to this. This is a great, great quote from Vulture. Meanwhile, every ounce of obscenity in the clean version comes from the word gushy. Where wet-ass pussy is a primed but inert organ, gushy comes with some built-in action. The combination of wet and gushy gives the image of an additional sense of motion, and it's much more detailed in a sensory way. Nothing gushes passively. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. Wet ass pussy leaves nothing to the imagination, but wet and gushy is oblique enough that it feels much more evocative. Okay. Wet and gushy. So Ben Shapiro, who's this American conservative commentator who's just constantly saying embarrassing, cringeworthy things, wrote when he heard the song, My only real concern is that the women involved get the medical care they need. My doctor's wife's differential diagnosis, bacterial vaginosis, yeast infection, or trichomonas, which he misspelled. So he was basically trying to say that being overly wet is a medical condition that these women need to get um, solved by a doctor. It is so, 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 so funny because it basically is just like, have you ever had good sex, Ben Shapiro? (laughs) (laughs) I feel sorry for your wife, Ben Shapiro. (laughs) But there was a great article in British Vogue about how all of the like conservative male reactions – to it have really showcased this very basic misunderstanding of female sex and sexuality and that if there was a more clinical clear sense of sexual education among men about women's bodies to get serious about it all of a sudden that this would have been less controversial because it's controversial to people because they just don't they still do not fully understand female anatomy 
or even partly understand female anatomy. It's still such an enigma to so many men. Mm. Mm. And to so many women, you know? Well, yeah, I wasn't it in, in that piece or another piece where um, that I was reading where a doctor said that every couple of months a woman will come in and say that she's worried because she gets too wet during sex. She's worried there's something wrong with her because women are just not taught. Yeah, that's... Cr- we're just not taught about our bodies. And the doctor has to be like, no, that means that you're really enjoying what you're doing. Yeah, that's crazy. It's... Uh, yeah, the sex education thing is so fascinating. I think so much about how different so much of my early life would have been if we were given a proper sexual education at school. I know. Even in America, they were putting condoms and bananas. We never did that. Yeah, right. Right. Ever. Never. Also, I take issue with Kylie Jenner being in the music video. Mm. Mm-hmm. As soon as she came in, I was just like, why? Come on, guys. I was like, we're onto such a good thing here. Cardi B actually tweeted in her defense because people were going so crazy about Kylie Jenner being in it. And she tweeted and then deleted a defense of it being like, basically, my kids had a good time at her kid's birthday party. And... Um, offset her partner is friends with Travis Scott, which I just think Cardi B is really good, fucking really good publicist for herself. Yeah, it it, def- it definitely invited commentary from a cohort of the white world that I think would otherwise have not felt invited in to discuss this work. Yeah, there's a um, change.org petition with seventy thousand people. Who have signed it saying, um, remove Kylie Jenner from WAP video. The video was perfect until we saw Kay and I wanted to throw my phone. That's the only thing it says. <laughs> 70,000 signatures. Yeah, so if people are unsure as to why there's been criticism leveled at Kylie Jenner for being in this video, which obviously she was invited to be a part of and said yes to, the Kardashians have a very long and troubling history of appropriating black culture for their own commercial gain um and kylie jenner has been one of the biggest culprits of that and i think that the criticism comes from the fact second only to her older sister kendall jenner who handed an officer a can of pepsi during a folk black lives matter march in 2017 oh yes so there's kendall jenner kim kardashian west appearing with darker skin on the cover of interview magazine um, Kardashian West wore her hair in braids. Kylie Jenner posted a photo on Instagram of entrepreneur of a some of some black entrepreneur wearing blue hair, and then she put blue hair and didn't acknowledge the inspo, which is weird. Her lip fillers are likened to black women's lips, and I think as well, it's also really interesting and something we've wanted to talk about for a long time is this concept of black fishing. So the the kind of creation of black aesthetics on Instagram to uh, up your likes or up your like quote unquote coolness. And that's Kylie Jenner has been accused of that a whole bunch of times. So there was a situation in March where she dressed up in an outfit that was almost exactly the same as Beyonce's wearing quite dark makeup, contoured very dark with her hair done in a very similar style. 
Um, so Teen Vogue wrote an article about it at the time and said, this isn't the first time Kylie and her family have been accused of cultural appropriation or stealing ideas from black women. In the past, the sisters have been criticized for sporting protective hairstyles worn by black women, such as Fulani braids, boxer braids, and Bantu knots. Other white influencers have also been ac- accused of blackfishing by wearing dark makeup and getting spray tans much darker than their natural skin tone. So this has been kind of combined with a pretty lackluster, lukewarm response to issues like Black Lives Matter, I would say. I know that they haven't done nothing and haven't not spoken out at all. But in the main, the family tend to keep quite conservative and quiet when there are larger scale political issues, but then capitalize hugely from black aesthetics. And also there was a bunch of other... Kylie was the only white woman in the video. There's a bunch of other black women, including Normani, who's this amazing singer. And she is like basically doing the splits and in the video and this amazing dance. And this girl, Danielle, tweeted going, Normani did all of this and Kylie walked down the hall and opened a door. If that's not a perfect visual indication of black women having to do the most while white women do the bare minimum to get somewhere, I don't know what is. Oh, yes. So true. She literally walked right. three steps. I find that quite funny. I'm like, is that done on purpose? That's just all Chris would have agreed to. She'd be like, you got two hours, she's walking three steps. But I find that quite funny. All of the black women were in the rooms doing these amazing dances and they're all musicians mm. who are, who Cardi B and Megan The Stallion say they're inspired by. Kylie's the only non-musician and she's the only white woman and all she does is walk down the hallway. Yeah, and became one of the biggest talking points of the entire thing. Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Very easy to chop her out. Just saying, wouldn't wouldn't take just the the quick slice of an editing suite. Yeah. Anyway, good song. Not groundbreaking song. Lil Kim. If if like Lil Kim was there for fucking years saying the same thing. Even Nicki Minaj. So many female rappers have said the same thing. But I love that it's in the mainstream now and it's getting celebrated. It's just also. I think we should be past the point where we're shocked about women talking about our own bodies. <laughs> and I also think that the conservative backlash has kind of given it this incredible um, cultural moment that it wouldn't have had yeah. otherwise. So in a way, it's not great that backwards white men in America are criticizing it, but at the same time it has got women out en masse supporting it. So I guess in that sense, it's kind of a good thing. Agreed. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 
also, since we have been on break, there has been a very positive addition and a much needed addition to Joe Biden's presidential run. Um, Kamala Harris has been announced as his vice president nomination. And she's only, what is she, the first African-American woman Mm -hmm. to run for VP? So I'm really excited about this. I've been really into Kamala Harris since the first debate. I actually said to Zach the first time I saw her speak, I turned to him and said, I think this will be the first female president of America. And I think if my hunch is correct, that's going to end up happening because my theory is that the Democrats are smarter than they seem and that they needed crusty old Joe Biden to get the conservative swing state key areas, which he polls extremely well in. And then they needed someone like Kamala to come on to galvanize the younger progressive members of the party that felt like they were despairing because of Joe Biden. And I think he will do his first term. And then I think he will let her run for his second term in 2024. And that's when she will become president herself is my theory. So if he just steps aside, she just automatically goes in there, right? Yeah, someone could contest against her. Would she then be able to run again afterwards to do another four years or not? Yeah, so she could do that, which is really cool. Cool. And um, Joe Biden's pretty old. You know, he's 77 now. He'll be 81 by the time the next election happens. He's not too sharp, to be totally honest anyway. So I think that she will be next in line, which is really exciting. So I think it's a good way to galvanize people. I can't wait for presidents to get younger. Surely this is going to start happening now. Like if Kamala becomes president at, how old is she, 50-something? Then it's going to just pave the way for you-know-who, AOC, to get in at age 35 on the dot. Yes, right on time. It's been interesting seeing the responses to her nomination I think that I was a little bit naive to some of the backlash because so much of the media that we consume and the people that we follow and know treated it overwhelmingly positive and then I was reading a few stories before we came on the podcast about some of the responses from Trump and the Republican Party and it just made me feel quite depressed um but I think that how aggressively they've been attacking her has been in large part because they're extremely threatened as they should be. I know. And also it's like, I've even seen heaps of people that we follow criticizing her and you know, some of the things she's done in the past, she's a former cop. She's put her weight behind some kind of sketchy bills that I'd feel like she wouldn't support now, but it's like, she's also done a shit ton of really, really positive things. And It's also like, okay, so what's the other option? You guys want to vote for Trump? I get that it's not the ideal situation. Everyone's like, we would love Bernie and AOC. It's like, yeah, that would be a dream, but that's not what's happening. And we've got a pretty, like with her, a pretty good person. Yeah, and I think I always just just come back to pragmatism in politics. I remember having a really great conversation with a listener who was upset that I had said, that I didn't think Bernie was a viable presidential candidate. And that was just purely based on data. My boyfriend Zach is like very, very, very into political data and goes through it in a very <laughs> objective way. And it just statistically seems like there was no pathway to him winning. So to me, I just feel like getting Donald Trump out is so imperative 
that you've just got to make some pragmatic decisions that even though they're not fun to stomach at the time is just logically realistically what you have to do to make the right situation happen and i completely agree that biden has biden has a rape allegation against him like and it was found by the new york times to be not particularly credible but he also has lots plenty of credible allegations of just kind of creepy invasive weird behavior i don't like him or love him I'm not stoked for him to be the president, but unfortunately he's going up against the worst human being in the whole of America and one of the worst mm. human beings in the world who is undermining every single principle of democracy and who has literally 22 credible allegations of sexual assault against him. Like we, you, there becomes a point where it's, you've got two options. So you've just got to kind of draw a line in the sand and say, I'm throwing my weight around this option and not getting too caught up in what you would have preferred in an ideal world. Because no politician is perfect. No leader is perfect. Except the singer. (laughs) (laughs) We can't all have what you have, Isabel. (laughs) Um, I cannot deal that it's, it's like, it would be laughable if it wasn't so fucked up that Trump is literally getting people to drive around and take mailboxes away Don't. from street corners so that people Don't. can't mail in their votes. It is beyond. And then everyone's kind of just twiddling their thumbs, looking at it, being like, oh, well, I guess we can't mail in our votes. I'm like, what? How the fuck can this be legal? It's so it's crazy. Beyond. But I remember there was, do you remember that thing happened in Michigan after Black Lives Matter? The Daily did a really good episode on it, and it was about how... um. There was some technical fuck-ups, but it, it seemed very suspicious that a whole bunch of people in majority black areas somehow couldn't get the technology working to vote. And do you remember there was that amazing footage where people waited like seven mm. hours? And I think yeah, that... Yeah, banging on the walls and they'd locked the doors. I think there is something to be said for him antagonizing this because so many people don't vote in America. Like half the voting population don't vote. And I think him antagonizing this and making people realize that he's wanting to strip certain demographics of being able to vote so he stays in, I'm hoping will just make people realize how important it is that they do go out and vote. Yeah. Hope so. Ripping up the mailboxes. How shameless can one man be? When you told me that on the phone, <laughs> I was someone... like, Izzy, stop. Yeah. And then um, Jacinda just moved. It's so funny. She moved the election in New Zealand back by a month because the country's on lockdown. So... Both parties, so National and Labour, were like, oh, okay, to make the election fair so that National can go out and actually campaign to try and win, um, let's move it back by a month, which is a completely legal thing to do in New Zealand. And everyone was like, oh, how do people say that she's a fair leader when she's moving the election back? She's doing just what Trump would would do, like, rah, rah, rah. And it's like she literally, the opposition aren't, like, asked her to do that. Asked for this, yeah. People are so stupid. Um, Can I just get more wine? Yeah. And also, as expected, um, Kamala's announcement has prompted a whole lot of racist bullshit. People claiming that she's not really black or not really African-American, which she identifies as because, which is the same thing they did to Obama. Um, And also, news presenters on like the biggest TV channels in the whole of America not bothering to learn how to pronounce her name or just doing it on purpose. Yeah, I think that I think I feel like people are doing it on purpose to just undermine her credibility, which is just so feral. I mean, I didn't like I didn't used to know how to 
pronounce her name either but then you google it and learn and it takes about two seconds yeah exactly and it's also which you would have to do before you went on live tv surely yeah exactly it seems like a certain duty of care in terms of being a political reporter in actual america and also it was really interesting how donald trump made a big song and dance saying how um aggressive and mad and unhinged she was in the Kavanaugh hearing and then everyone got up the footage and she was just extremely calm and considered and relaxed. Um, All three of the women who have made sworn allegations against you have called for an independent FBI investigation into the claims. You've been asked during the course of this hearing by four different members by my count at least eight times today. Um, and also earlier this week on national television, whether you would call for the White House to authorize an FBI investigation. Each time you have declined to do so. So I'm going to ask you one last time. Are you willing to ask the White House to authorize the FBI to investigate the claims that have been made against you? Well, I'll do whatever the committee wants, of course. And I've heard you say that, but I've I've not heard you answer a very specific question that's been asked, which is, are you willing to ask the White House to conduct an investigation by the FBI to get to whatever you believe is the bottom of the allegations that have been levied against you? The FBI would gather witness statements. You have Sir, the witness it's, it's, statements. It's, it, they don't I'm not, make- I don't want to debate with you how they do their business. I'm just asking, are you willing to ask the White House to conduct such an investigation? Because as you are aware, the FBI did conduct a background investigation into you yes, before the, we were aware of these most recent allegations. So are you willing to ask the White House to do that and say yes or no, and then we can move on? I also, one of my favorite things of the week was when Trump said that AOC was a bad student. Ah, yes. He just said she was a bad, he randomly just on Twitter was like, don't listen to AOC, she was a bad student. And then she tweeted being like, I'll release my... Um, transcript of like grades and you release yours and the loser funds the post office why is she so amazing and when he said when when she was talking about the economy and he was like she knows nothing about the economy and then someone just tweeted below she has a degree in economics (laughs) i was like god you're so dumb just how dumb are you i can't believe the point that we've just gotten to with the shit that we're accepting coming out of that man's mouth it's just i honestly funniest thing was with those that interview where he had the graphs with that Australian goes, America, guy? America, it's going, yeah. And he was like, America, the cases are going down. America is lower than, and he looks at the graph, and he's like, the world. <laughs> it's like, what? America's lower than the world. <laughs> the fuck just happened? And the guy, the guy <laughs> was trying so hard to be professional and keep it together but his facial expressions responding to everything was so funny i was just like i'm really glad an aussie did this because it was just the dry confusion of an australian i know i i honestly think if he gets out in november i think i'm gonna burst into tears because i just it'll be like when we the harvey weinstein verdict came through and we both started crying it's just like this nightmare is over I think there'll be just this flood of relief. I feel like if he gets out, there'll be fucking riots in the South. Mm. And if he stays in, there'll be riots. In the North? (laughs) In the North. (laughs) There'll be a civil war, essentially. (laughs) 
Yeah, because he's or he's already saying things along the lines of this is what I mean about why I find it so fucking important that we just suck it up and cop it if that it's Joe Biden, even if you don't like him. Actually, there's a fantastic, fantastic Call Your Girlfriend two-part episode about all the problems with Joe Biden. It spells out every single reason not to vote for him, every single reason he's problematic, every single thing he's ever done that you could criticize. They go through everything across two separate episodes. And then they do all of that and say, we're saying all of this because we think you should be able to criticize and talk openly about politicians but we are still going to vote for him. And not only are we going to vote for him, we're going to lobby to vote for him. We're going to be out canvassing, which I guess they can't do anymore. We're going to be putting our money behind it. We're doing everything because it's so important that we get Donald Trump out. Anyone who says something like, if I lose, the voting was corrupt, is so dangerous. It's, It's the dialogue of a fucking dictator, like a totalitarian dictator. And I know that people will laugh at that or say that that's being over the top, but it's li- he literally loves people like Putin. That's who he admires and wants to but be. But that's what I find kind of scary is I'm like the reason he got in with Hillary is because he literally got Russia to intervene and used Facebook and data to win. So I'm like now he's physically taking away post office boxes like, I just don't even see how this can be for you. Yeah, so that's, yeah. So I just, it's already going to be at such a disadvantage. We have no idea what's going on behind the scenes in terms of what he's actually doing in terms of dodgy, fucked up stuff. It just isn't the time to bring up the fact that Kamala Harris had a problematic truancy law in 2006 when she was attorney general. It just, the hair splitting seems so irrelevant to me right now. Agreed. Democracy is at stake. Ah, but it is. <laughs> and also i've decided i'm now moving to la so either trump's out or you are california becomes its own country <laughs> or i'm out okay me or them me or him pick your side america i hope you're listening americans the stakes are higher than they've ever been before <laughs> no someone the other day was like california should be its own fucking country which mm. it should California is, like, so relaxed. Everyone's just, like, weed-smoking hippies out surfing. Mm. And then there's just Trump as the president. It's beyond. Anyway. Anyway, let's talk about Ellen being cancelled. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I just love this story. I've just been waiting so long to talk to you about it because I'm just... It's... I find it funny, but it's also interesting. And it definitely all started... Dakota Johnson was the first flap of the butterfly effect that led to the cancellation of ellen (laughs) but she was let's place like i feel like we should just (laughs) she was i didn't even like say anything like she wasn't um yes let's play a little bit of this that iconic clip right here how was the party i wasn't invited (laughs) actually no that's not the truth ellen you were invited last year no last time i was on the show last year you gave me a bunch of about not inviting you, but I didn't even know you wanted to be invited. Well, who doesn't want to be invited to a party? Well, I didn't even know you liked me. <laughs> of course I like you. You knew I liked you. You've been on the show many times, and, and don't I show like? <laughs> yeah. But I did invite you, and you didn't come, so. This time you invited me? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. How do you know? I don't think so. Ask everybody. <laughs> 
Ask Jonathan, your producer. Who okay. said you were? I yeah, was invited. Why didn't I go? I don't know. And then at the time when this came out, I kind of, I didn't understand, obviously, the gravity of what she was doing. And you know how everyone was like, that was so awkward, that was so awkward. And I was kind of like, oh, it was a bit awkward, but I just didn't pick up on the fact that Dakota Johnson fucking hates Ellen. Yes, and was and just refusing to cop it anymore. She was just refusing to take it. Yeah. Ask Jonathan. Mm, mm, ask mm. anyone ask jonathan your producer yeah you were invited shut the fuck up you didn't why didn't i come i don't know you didn't come because you were hanging out with george bush at the tennis actually and she basically said in that interview which was so amazing now she said i don't know why i would have invited you to my last birthday and she said of course i'd want to be invited and she said oh i didn't know that you even liked me and obviously it's because yeah. we now know that when Ellen has guests on, she doesn't even converse with them until the moment the recording starts and then doesn't say a word to them the second after the recording ends. So how would you know that she wanted to be invited? It would be random to be invited. Yeah, and then also there's been these annoying celebrities like Katie fucking Perry and Ashton Kutcher speaking out, being like, she's always been lovely to me. And it's like, well, yeah, because you're, you've been famous as long as she's been famous kind of thing, or you've been around for fucking ages. And if you come in at the same level playing field as her, then she's going to have to be nice to you. But if you're anyone below that person, then they're going to be horrible. Yes. It's not about like whether she's nice or not to Katy Perry. It's about whether she's nice or not to her employees who didn't even know if they were going to get paid over coronavirus because <laughs> she didn't yes. communicate with them. While she has been living in a $50 million mansion, which is one of her two $70 million mansions, it was really funny when Portia de Rossi posted a Instagram post saying hashtag I stand with Ellen and I think that the Ellen camp are kind of trying to spin this into being an unfair attack on her and it just doesn't I maybe there would have been a period in celebrity Instagram history where that kind of would have worked but I think now people are so sophisticated in their understanding of these situations that people can see that it isn't a case of trolling or people coming out being nasty for no reason. It's a very serious series of accusations that she needs to take accountability for, mm. you know? And also, you know who the most disgusting person is that stood up for Ellen? Scooter Braun. Don't. Like, no one wants to hear from you, Scooter Braun. You're actually, no, and it, and it's your like, and weight it's behind anyone is not helpful. Yes, not helpful. And it's actually like he... Put his eggs in the basket of Ellen's going to be fine after this. So I need to just like support her because she's a real, real heavyweight in Hollywood. And it's like, no, wrong. You got it wrong. Another interesting thing was how Ellen, in a statement that she made, made reference to being a boundary breaking woman because she was an openly gay woman at a time that was culturally groundbreaking. No questions asked. Her ascent in Hollywood is much more remarkable because she came out as being gay in the 90s. But it's interesting. It To me, it shows how out of touch she is with the current cultural conversation that she thinks that that will adequately... Excuse her. <laughs> ...distract people from the rest of the mm. allegations. Has, like, Kevin Spacey mm. overtones. I actually... Um have insider gossip about this. Mm. Mm. So Please. a source who 
know someone who worked there for years. Yeah, there was that Twitter thread. Do you remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. And th- but this is literally like someone I could text right now could corroborate the fact mm-hmm. that she treats her employees like absolute garbage. She's a horrible person to be around. And there was an article today that came out from someone who used to work there comparing the office to the Devil Wears Prada and saying that employees would just try to get through one year of working for her just so they could get a job somewhere else in the industry. It was that bad. That's awful. It's funny as well because it stands, I think the reason that this is capturing people's imagination so much is because it's like the antithesis of everything that her show is meant to be about. She puts Mm. on this huge persona of kindness and niceness and compassion and there's room there's always room to be lovely to people and all of that stuff. And it's obviously stands in complete fucking contradiction of everything that she's actually like in real life, which is crazy. Yeah. A a bodyguard for the Oscars who has worked with like all the biggest names said that she is the first and only celebrity to not even say hello to him, to not even look at him like he's a human being. He says, usually they'll say, hello, how are you? Thank you so much for looking after my family. It even reminds me about how Brad Pitt has a reputation as the best human who the producer of Fight Club came and talked to our uni once when I was in uni. And he said that Brad Pitt was notorious on set for every day going around and speaking to and hanging out with the grip, the lighting guy, the second assistant's assistant, that he knew everyone's name. He hung out with everyone at night. He was mates with everybody. And I just think that this idea that you hit a level of celebrity where you're too good for anyone else is nonsense because we even know from people that we've worked with, that we know, that whatever, that it's not like you hit a certain yeah. level of celebrity and then you automatically become an asshole. Like that's a hundred percent a choice. And I even find it really, really, really funny that people would th- people people project that onto celebrities. Like people expect them to be. Uh, you know, driving around in these blacked out Range Rovers, not speaking to anyone, living in the Hollywood Hills, like behind gated communities and being complete assholes. And it's like, even just living here and like small glimpses into people's lives from like the three months of last year when I lived here and this year, um, it's very easy. Like obviously fame is fucked, but it's very easy to continue to be a nice person if that's the kind of person you are. It's easy to say hello to your fucking bodyguard who's predicting your life mm-hmm. at an event. And I think the thing that's funny is that people have continued to view Ellen through this lens of the brave young comedian who came out as gay even though it could destroy her career in the 90s. Whereas in the intervening 30 years, she has become a white billionaire. You know what I mean? She's she's become a member of the 1% who hoards wealth, who, uh, you know, thinks that she's above people in the same way that any billionaire that we talk about, like Jeff Bezos or any other white man that we criticize for having millions and millions of dollars and treating his employees badly and gaining a kind of God complex where they think they're above everybody else. That's exactly the same thing that seems to have happened, but we struggle a bit more to reckon with it because she has this history of being something that we want to support. Yeah. It's like lesbians can be assholes as well, guys. It's also what we've been talking about for ages in our podcast about toxic workplaces and about how the next step of Me Too was always going to be beyond sexual harassment in the workplace but just emotional harassment in the workplace 
by female bosses, yeah. which is just as prevalent. And we saw it happen at the wing. Now we've seen it happen here. We predicted this years ago. And here we are. Who do you think should replace Ellen? Um, my first instinct is I don't care because I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like Chrissy Teigen would be yeah. pretty cool. So Kiki Palmer has been one that's been thrown around and she's pretty epic. Um, James Corden was apparently in the running before all of this kicked off. Apparently they were like thinking of getting rid of Ellen. It's literally Devil Wears Prada. They were going to get rid of Ellen for James Corden. Where's Stanley Tucci? I know. Stanley Tucci should fucking replace Ellen. A hundred percent I would watch that. Oh my God. I would watch that till the cows come home and he could wear like a cropped shirt. So his bulging biceps would always be on show. And then this is one that I'm not across, but our favorites over at Who Weekly, the best podcast to ever exist in the history of the world, uh, said that Juju B from Drag Race. Oh my God. Were they joking or were they being serious? They were just saying that would be a good I think person. they were just saying that that's who they think it should be. Yeah. Juju B would be amazing. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and that's what I mean. It needs to be, I just feel like the whole talk show format to me feels kind of stale now. So I feel like it needs to be someone who's going to break the mold in some way or be more interesting in some way. Because celebrities Agreed. don't fucking reveal anything on these shows. You know what I mean? No. They've all got Instagram accounts and podcasts now. That's where they do all of their revealing about stuff. Or Facebook um, table, red table talks. talks. <laughs> Jada, Jada's probably like, no, like this would have been hers if she didn't get embroiled in a sex scandal at the exact same time. I know. Seriously. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't, I would never watch a show like Alan anymore. No. Also, I find it so funny. It's like so amazing that Alan, I mean, that Oprah put on the cover of her magazine. It's so iconic and so incredible. But I was like, how have we just let Oprah get away with putting herself on the cover of her magazine for 22 years straight? Wouldn't that be exhausting it's doing so one cover shoot funny. a month forever? Yeah, the team would be like, really, so, you don't need to. So There's other funny. options. She'd be yeah. like, no, it's fine. Me again. <laughs> Who has bought <laughs> that magazine for that long? Just so funny. I know, I like, like a, st- a stack we... of it on your coffee table. Just like various pictures of Oprah. Can we like not talk about the elephant in the room? That's so funny. I think Oprah's gone online only now. I think Brianna Taylor was the last cover they did. Yeah. Even Oprah sense. can't withstand the print crisis. Bloody hell. So that's it, everybody. <laughs> was that awkward again? Why can't I do it? I need some cue cards. You're good at speaking off the cuff about literally everything except for podcast stuff. Try again. Okay, everyone. We're going to sign off now. Thank- <laughs> Goodbye. Well wishes. Thank you for joining us. We missed you all. We're stoked to be back. We're really excited for our After Work Drinks With episode this Saturday. We think you guys are going to fucking love her. And yes. we are like, yeah, really excited for you to hear this conversation. Yes, it's going to be great. We're happy to be back in your ears. Send us a nice message if you feel like it. Give us a little boost. Or, better yet, post it on podcast iTunes reviews with five stars. Post it on iTunes reviews. Every time we get one, we're, like, thrilled. I do the thing where I'll I'll refresh Instagram, I'll refresh my emails, and then I'll refresh the podcast app. Oh, it's like a nice. habit now. Yeah. Well, not really, because we don't get enough reviews for it to be worth it, considering I refresh Instagram every, like, hour. Yeah. We need... If we could just get one a day, like, even if you and your mates just say, we're going to take this week, 
dip it up. <laughs> You'll do yeah. one on Monday. They'll do one on Tuesday. You know, it's super easy. And <laughs> then you'll just make us really happy and share on Instagram. And yeah. that's all. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Anything else? No, that's it. That's it. That's your homework <laughs> this week. <laughs> bye. See you soon. Bye. Love you. Bye. I said certified free Seven days a week Wet ass pussy Make that pullout game weak Yeah, 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 yeah Yeah, you fucking with some wet ass pussy Bring a bucket and a mop Put this wet ass pussy Give me everything you got Put this wet ass pussy Beat it up, nigga, catch a chop Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.